You're clean, aren't you? Except for your tower. You're a tower junkie, Roland. Hello and welcome to Tower Junkies, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. Tower Junkies is a podcast celebrating the work of Stephen King with an occasional focus on his magnum opus, The Dark Tower series. We discuss the themes, characters, and mythology of the series in Palaver episodes, and review the books and comic series in Kef episodes. We also discuss non-Tower King novels, TV and film adaptations of King's work, and the latest news about all things that serve the King. You can find more of our work at TowerJunkiesPod.com, and follow us on every level of social media at TowerJunkiesPod. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Hurt, and with me today, as as usual is tiny hi hi tiny how's it going it's bueno good do you want to tell the audience what we just recorded for patreon actually uh yeah we were just chit chatting about stuff we've been watching and yes. uh you're talking about the twilight zone a yes little bit. i was forcing the twilight zone into conversation <laughs> yeah yeah you're just a tad excited a little bit a just little bit tad yep uh then i talked about the politician mm. and community rewatch and uh, some other stuff, yeah. Sweet, yeah. And where can people find that? Uh, ObsessiveViewer.com slash Patreon? No. Fuck. But <laughs> they can find it at Patreon.com slash ObsessiveViewer. I, kn- I had um, it backwards. I knew it link- started with a P. Yeah. Though. And the link to it can also be found at ObsessiveViewer.com slash donate. Okay. And probably TowerJunkies.com, TowerJunkiesPod.com slash donate, I think is a link that exists. Cool. Cool. Yes. TowerJunkiesPod.com slash donate. Um, Yeah, I need to update that page. Anyway, so yeah, Tiny, today on the podcast, we will be covering season two, episodes seven and eight of Hulu's Castle Rock, based on the stories of Stephen King. Before we get to that, we're going to do our Stephen King news and check-ins like we normally do. Um, so I'm going to get us kicked off with some Stephen King news, Tiny, if you'd like. Yes. Um, and I don't really have much news, <laughs> like, <laughs> at all. But uh, I will say that George R.R. R. Martin, um, people might know him as the guy that internet assholes pester about his writing <laughs> anytime he posts anything on the internet. Um, like he posted something about, I think he posted something about black lives matter. And like, that was the first time, like I saw his, um, his, his response replies like that. He had like hidden replies. He had some, like it says whatever it says on Twitter. It says something like, um, the, Twitter user has chosen to remove this tweet or something like that. Okay. Because obviously it's a serious topic and people are fucking pestering him about the goddamn book. Oh man. Um yeah, but anyway, so he posted a uh uh okay, so so he posted a blog entry which he normally does on June 23rd and uh <laughs> uh first of all, I always find this charming about him. Um, I don't really follow his work or anything that much, but I, what I find charming about him is that his blog is a live journal. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, like old school stuff. Yeah. Um, but he posted an update just basically saying like what he's reading and everything. And he did, for the fucking people that are all obsessed about the winds of winter, he did say... Uh, I'm spending long hours every day on the winds of winter and making steady progress. Uh, I finished a new chapter yesterday, another one three days ago, another one in the previous week. Um, but then he had mentioned uh, stuff stuff that he's been reading. So I'm going to read an excerpt because he mentioned Stephen King. Mm. So he says, and I'll put a link in the show notes, of course. He said, quote, anyway, when I'm not reading or thinking about writing, I'm watching television and reading. Wait. I think I just messed that up. <laughs> okay, start over. So before we get into the... I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, he said, quote... He said, quote, Anyway, when I'm not writing or thinking about writing, I'm watching television and reading. Publishers send me huge piles of books, so my to-be-read pile is always growing, no matter how many books I consume. Of course, I also buy books as well. Cannot help it, I'm a book junkie. The new Stephen King collection, If It Bleeds, was one recent favorite. I love these... 
novella collections that King comes out with from time to time between his novels. This one features a new Holly Gibney story, and it is always great to see that character again. But there's also a story called Rat, about a writer trying to finish a novel in an isolated cabin, which... Uh, resonated with me rather strongly for some reason. Uh, one bit where the writer gets derailed trying to figure out how many rocking chairs a sheriff could fit on his porch was a dead-on depiction of the kind of stuff I go through all the time. Steve's <laughs> protagonist gets some help uh, when a dead rat turns up to be turns up to be his muse. Uh, so far, no, no rats at my cabin. Um, so that's cool. Hmm, um, nice. Yeah, so that, that's cool. Um, and that's really all the news that I have. Um, yeah. But yeah, George R. R. Martin, I just, God, like, I I feel I feel for the guy, because I, I just, I would hate that. Yeah. It's like, okay, like, every single tweet he twats, um, <laughs> there, I, like, I'll, like, just because I hate myself a little bit, I should probably follow him, um, <laughs> Uh, because I hate myself a little bit, I will go and read the response replies. Yeah. So like the top one from from this response is just a gif from uh, the Simpsons with the caption "Get back to work." Oh my god. Um. Let's see. And the most important thing is health. Blah blah. blah. That's good news. Please. That's good news. Please try to finish it this year. I'm like okay. <laughs> um. God, it's just so. It just it bothers me so much. People suck. Yeah, they really do. Um, and then, oh, also someone said, too late, the show ended good enough, so the books aren't needed anymore. Like, Jesus. Okay. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. Is The Winds of Winter the last book? No, I think it is the second to last That's book. what I thought, yeah. Yeah. I gave up on the books, uh, not because I'm upset that they aren't coming out. I just, right. I just wasn't that into them, frankly. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it was the fourth book. Or the third, mm-hmm. I I started reading and I was just like, eh, I'm done. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, it's one of the few occasions where I was enjoying the show more than the books. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I well, I fell off on the second, or I read the second book and then I start. I kind of started and stopped the third book, and this was years and years and years ago. Um, I've since reread the first book a couple of times mm-hmm. with the intention of reading through the rest of them. But then I stop and stop and stop. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I will read them eventually, I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That is really all the news that I have. Tiny, do you have any Stephen King check-ins? Yeah. Um, oh, nice. I, this week started, um, was it this week or last week? I started um, book three of The Stand. Oh, nice. So I've been listening. To, I only have like four hours left. Actually. Oh, shit. I'm kind of flying through it. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I'm in. I'm panicking right now. <laughs> um, okay. I've been driving a lot for work. Nice. So. I will start that soon then. <laughs> okay. It was unintentional. Like today I listened mm. to the radio only. Oh, so I was really? like, God, I'm flying through this. Yeah. I mean, the last book is only, I say only, it's mm. only nine or ten hours, I want to say. Yeah. I think it's yeah. the shortest of the three. I think so, too. So that there is that. Yeah. But. And I'm sure I'll fly through it, too. Yeah. Um, that's great, though, because, yeah, I, I do need to start it. Um, yeah. that's And I don't really have any check-ins or anything. Okay. <laughs> um, except that I listened to uh, the KingCast, um, the kind of new Stephen King podcast from Scott Wampler and Eric Vespies, mm-hmm. um, just to give them a shout out again, like, God damn, every single episode is just well, like, like just required listening pretty much. Nice. Um, they just released yesterday as of this recording yesterday, a, uh, a conversation with, uh, Scott Derrickson, uh, the director. Um, they talked about the shining movie. Hmm. Um, yeah. So, and that was a very good listen. Nice. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, I actually did listen to the, their episode with Glenn, Glenn Mazar. Oh, nice. About the Dark Tower. That how was, did you, how did you cry? Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I was like, oh man, this really makes me want to read the books. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. For real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, makes me want to read the books. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I will, <laughs> I will try to i'll i'll try <laughs> i'll try to ask you I'll, I'll i'll message you privately later on <laughs> okay um and ask you uh the <laughs> um 
lightly ask you about starting a very long project. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. And then yeah. I'll actually do it tomorrow because that's my birthday and that'll guilt you into doing it. Okay. Uh, okay. Good. Yeah. Good. But uh, I loved, I don't know that I'd ever really listened to or seen Glenn Mazzara like in an interview. Like, oh yeah. Ever. Um, His accent's awesome. It is. I didn't know. He's yeah. like a East coast guy. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Um, but yeah, he's like you said, he, he gets it. Yep. Yep. I I think we as a fan a fandom really missed out. We really did. We really really did. Yeah. Um and that's kind of where I that's kind of why I said, you know, um I like it's fine. It's it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. It could have happened, but this iteration of it will never happen. And if this iteration is never going to happen, I don't care to see any other type of inter- iteration. Yeah. Like not to say that this would have been the perfect version of it, but they got it so well. They understood the material so well that I don't want anything else to come out to like uh I don't know, not to jeopardize the the material or the vision of it. Right. Cuz that is such a clear vision. And the thing that really stood out to me in that rev- or in that interview was I think I'm like, I should go back and re-listen to it, but I think he said, like, when he was approached for the project and everything, he hadn't read the books. Yeah. <laughs> like, so he's been living and breathing the Dark Tower for three years. Three years. And that's when he started the books. Like, that's when he start. like, he had no real context for it. And it's just amazing that he has this way about him that, like, is, very much feels like it is a... uh I mean, from a fan that's that's been with the material for for decades, it's mm-hmm. just it's really remarkable. Yep. Yep. And uh, yeah, that was the most amazing part to me about mm. the interview is that he he did nothing else for three years. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's insane. As mm-hmm. as as a, as a creative type, like he is, like he's he's a producer, writer, director, mm-hmm. uh, everything. Like yeah. he's just uh, he he does so much stuff. So for him to not have multiple projects going for three years is nuts. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then it turns, it turns into nothing. It materializes yeah. to nothing. Yep. That just, I was like, I can't, I don't uh, know how yeah. you can still, and he was so cool about it. Oh yeah. Like he's, it just goes to show you how seasoned he is and how mm. professional he is, frankly. Yeah. Um, cause we sort of, I don't want to say we, f- we forget the business side of, right. of this industry. It's just that we focus more on the art. Exactly. Um, and, and you would think he'd be the exact same way, but he seemed to so to totally understand mm-hmm. what was going on. Maybe he's a big Lord of the Rings fan. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, I, I loved his, his ideas, yeah. his interview, his attitude about everything. And just the fact that he, you could tell he wanted to talk about this. He, like, oh, yeah. He, well, he just wants to talk about the Dark Tower. Exactly. And he's, like, I he's loved, a fan. I loved how open he was about it and everything, right. too. Just so good. And like, yeah. man, just, ah, oh, it's it's heartbreaking, but yeah. And I, I sent you those scripts that I procured. Yeah, I have haven't you read any I have not read okay. those yet. I um, haven't read the second episode because I just, once I do, that's it. Right. Um, like there are petition petitions out there to, uh, for to to send to Amazon to have them release the pilot just yeah. so the fans can see it. Please, it'll never happen. I'll put a link to the to the uh, to the um, petition in the show notes of the episode and everything. Yeah. I mean, I hate to be a downer, but I really think that's a lost cause. But I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, I, did he say in the episode if he's like if he shopped it around anywhere else? Um, I don't remember if he said that he did. I I know on social media he said that he would that, okay. that he was, but not, it's confirmed completely dead at this point. So, right. Just yeah. I mean, I just think with all the work he did and the team he had together, mm-hmm. he has a pilot and everything. Yeah. Like I think I just feel like. And and with how much content there is, and and the desire for content mm-hmm. from fans and from the the distributors of content, uh, I would think that somebody would take a chance on it. Yeah. Um, I I know it's, it's a high, a high capital project. Like he's like, you know, they shot the thing in Croatia. Like it's, it was, it's out of, it's an out of country shoot. It's a lot of period, period work. Cause there's like, it's like a Western, Mm -hmm. you know, there's all these different genre. It's a genre bending. Yeah. doesn't fit into a box. So there's a, it's not just a simple, production like i understand it's a big risk but right it's also a stephen king property like exactly and he's really hot right now right right um absolutely yeah that 
release the Dark Tower TV pilot um, petition has gotten. I mean, it's still. I mean, it's climbing in in numbers. Uh, Twenty seven hundred. Okay. Signed, yeah. so. And just I think back to when Glenn Mazzaro was showrunner on The Walking Dead. Like mm-hmm. that's when The Walking Dead was at its peak. Like that was yeah. Negan and all that stuff. That was it was wasn't that him? before Negan? Yeah. Oh really? It was he was the showrunner in like the middle or beginning and middle or throughout season two. Okay. So a lot of the yeah. farm stuff, right? But then also season three with the prison and everything. Okay. The prison was good. Yeah. I thought he was there for Negan. Nope. That, uh, was, that was uh, Scott Gimple. Oh, okay. Because yeah. huh. that's when I think the show was... Uh, I don't watch that show anymore. Right. Um, but that was... I think that's when it was at, it was at its peak. Is mm-hmm. when Negan was still in the background. And that was... Yeah. That's when that show was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I agree. Uh, yeah. That... Walking Dead podcast? Walking Dead. <laughs> God. <laughs> ongoing joke yeah right <laughs> uh god i can't imagine doing it it's still on the air right it is oh yeah like yeah. the 10th season or something yeah and like not only that like i it's it's baffling to me like i don't begrudge anyone their fandom or anything yeah but just the franchisization of the walking dead is just kind of crazy to me like even still today because like it's had like 10 seasons it has one spinoff, and it's about to launch. I think the spinoff is on, like, season six or something. Jeez. And then the spinoff has a spin Not the spinoff, but there's another spinoff coming out. Good Lord. That is... I'm very curious, because I'm, I'm just genuinely curious about that, because I used to be a fan of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious about how it's... Um, <laughs> I, I'm curious when it's going to end. Right. Um, because not only that, they, they wrote out... They wrote off... Um, Andrew Lincoln, mm-hmm. and he's going to be in three movies set in the universe. That's going to explain like where he went and everything. Really? Yeah. Um, okay. And that's going to that's going to broaden the whole thing and everything. And then the second spinoff that they're working on is going to be uh, focusing on a group of teenagers who kind of came of age post the apocalypse. Okay. So. Like, it's just, it's such a weird, like, it's such a sprawling franchise. Right. And, like, usually I'm attracted to that kind of thing, but I just could not care less yeah. about any of it. Yeah. So. I didn't even know about, I didn't, I didn't know about any of that, so. Yep, yep. It's, uh, it's really just very, uh, interesting to me, just on the periphery. Right. And everything. Right. Um, and I feel like television has gotten into... Uh, a place that I enjoy where mm-hmm. I think less is more. Yeah. Like, for example, The Politician that I've been watching, the first season had eight episodes. The second season only had seven. Yeah. And I think it's I think it's a fantastic... I think it's great. I think that's a great amount. I don't think... Right. I think you save the great... You, you condense all the greatness instead of trying to spread it out over episodes just to have yeah. more content. Like, I think that's... And it's, I feel like so many shows are doing that now. I agree. And, and uh, also, I'm, I'm in favor of it. Yeah. Well, also, uh, Castle Rock had two seasons of ten episodes, <laughs> right? And we're not getting any, gonna get any more. Right. I would love for Hulu to do a season three. Yeah, me but too. But like we've said in each of these episodes, that's not gonna happen at this point. So. Yeah. Speaking of which, should we get into our reviews of Castle Rock? We should. Castle. Rock! Castle Rock is in the house tonight. Everybody just have a king time. Yeah. And we're gonna make you lose your mind. Everybody just have a king time. Castle Rock is in the house tonight. Oh, everybody just have a king time. We're gonna make you lose your mind. Yeah. We just wanna see you. Review that. All right, so Castle Rock is, of course, based on the stories of Stephen King. The series intertwines characters and themes from the fictional town of Castle Rock. Season 2 is comprised of 10 episodes that aired from October 23rd to December 11th, 2019 on Hulu. Season starred Lizzie Kaplan as the iconic Annie Wilkes, Tim Robbins as Pop Merrill, Paul Sparks as Ace Merrill, as well as Elsie Fisher, Barkad Abdi, and Yusra Warsama. So this episode of the podcast, we're going to be reviewing episodes 7, 
The Word, which aired on November 20th, 2019, and Dirty, Episode 8, which aired on November 27th, 2019. So let's go into our review of The Word. Of course, we're going to do a... We're going to spoil these episodes as we talk about them. So we're going to spoil the word, and then when we get to dirty, we're going to spoil dirty. Um, so yeah, so be warned. Uh, that's our spoiler warning. So like I said, the word aired. It's episode 7. It aired on November 20th, 2019. Plot summary, courtesy of IMDb or Hulu. I'm not sure where I got this. Um, <laughs> it was IMDb. Castle Rock and Jerusalem's lot get ready for a parade celebrating the history of their beloved cities. A history that dates back 400 years ago when a young woman drastically changes the lives of those around her writers for this episode were guy Busick and r christopher murphy and director was lonnie Perstier. um so tiny yes uh <laughs> may i have a word um <laughs> no uh but what did you think of the word um kind of in broad terms and we can kind of dig into it as we uh get into this review uh really really loved it actually nice. probably my favorite so far nice um just because again the the background mm. the backstory yeah just dedicating so much uh screen time and effort to establishing the the town as a character or like some history of the town mm-hmm. was just really cool um Seeing, you know, the main in the year 1619 mm-hmm. was so awesome. I think it was kind of, I don't know if I want to use the word fun, that the settlers were like French. Yeah. Um, it's just not, not necessarily something you associate with uh, early settlers of the of the uh, Americas. Right. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, so many things to love about the episode. Um, and I'm kind of glad that it wasn't all like... Like Wizard and Glass style flashback. Like I'm glad it was oh, yeah. sort of interspersed a little bit. Yeah. Um. And just man, it was just freaking cool. Nice. Yeah. I agree. And the reason why I kind of squealed a little bit was that I forgot to prompt us for our theme music. But <laughs> I'll put that in post. Darn. I know. It'll be in post, so our listeners already heard it. So uh, <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, I really enjoyed this episode too. This was the last episode that I watched when it aired. Um, and then I just kind of fell off. Um, that wasn't for any fault of it. I was just got, I just got really caught up in a lot of stuff, but I left this episode when I first saw it, just gobsmacked by it. And then I remember like messaging you, like after I watched the, after I watched this specific episode way back when it aired and I said, like, I remember asking you like, Hey, how far are you in Castle Rock? And you said, Oh, a few episodes, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, just don't watch as much as you can um because i don't want you to get to, to get spoiled on the episode that i just watched nice um and uh did you get spoiled on it i know i, okay, I did not good. get spoiled yeah nice um we'll talk about that in mm-hmm. a bit the thing that i want to talk about first well we are we, are, we were talking about the uh flashbacks and everything so let's let's talk about the background and everything uh really evoked kind of uh it, it reminded me a lot of The Witch. Yes. Um, by, uh, the Vivich. The Vivich uh, <laughs> by Robert Akers. Yeah. Um, and that's not a complaint in the least bit. Yeah. I thought that they handled that, like, that tone very well. Um, mm-hmm. And it really established, like, the backstory and the mystery and everything in a very interesting way. I don't, in the grand scheme of things, like, this history that they're that they're developing and everything, I don't necessarily think that it's as interesting as the schism stuff last season okay and maybe that's mostly because um there were kind of clear parallels to the dark tower series in the in that first yeah, season right but um here i still thought it was really interesting and the way that this all kind of led up to that last scene was just so cool like the last scene of pop kind of in the sea of people that are hypnotized by the statue, like just really cool, like cliffhanger and everything. Totally. That took me months to reconcile while wa- <laughs> before I watched the next episode. So, <laughs> yeah. Like seven months anyway. Wow. Um, so yeah, so the flashback was cool and everything. And I really liked it. Like you said, I liked how it was kind of parsed out throughout the episode. Yeah. Um, and I like that we got more information about, like the zombieification of the of the characters, like they're yeah, they're vessels for the spirits of the of the dead from the 
colony and and stuff. Like right. I thought that was really cool. And there's a limited number of them. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, but the thing that just floored me, um, <laughs> like that I was just I was so giddy as a fan of Stephen King, I was so giddy to see a character played by Tim Robbins in a scene at Shawshank prison. Yeah. Like that, I was just delighted. <laughs> um, so great. So he goes to the prison to see his brother-in-law who murdered his sister. Right. Um, sister, his wife. Um, <laughs> so that's some good backstory and everything. Um, and it kind of also humanizes pop in a way. Um, to definitely. Extent. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, I was, you know, that was more backstory. that was kind of cool mm-hmm. to get to. Yeah. Um, just the fact that it's the, his reason for taking in his nephews mm-hmm. was a dark one. It's yeah. in tune with the nature of castle rock. Right. And, oh, yeah. and the Stephen King averse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Very appropriate. Um, mm-hmm. for, for the tone that the show is setting and everything and has set. Um, so that was cool. And also, so we get the reveal, like we're, we're going to go ahead and talk about the ending eventually. So we'll, we'll kind of set it up here. The ending that the, that the angel, that the colonists and the, uh, witchcraftian people, the witches, the Satanists, <laughs> um, worshiped and everything is the kid from season one. Right. So did you, when, when you were watching the episode, did you have that thought? Like, did that, cause rewatching it, it's like. They laid it on pretty thick. This they did, episode. yeah. I actually picked up on it. And okay. I've said before, I think on this podcast, but definitely an obsessive viewer. I'm not good at that stuff. Oh yeah. When, when people who are like, "Oh, I saw it coming a mile away," mm. like I've I've never predicted any of M Night Shyamalan's twists. Oh nice. That's not my thing. I'm not good at that stuff. I'm usually just mm-hmm. very much along for the ride. Uh, but this time I was like, "Oh, I bet it's going to be Bill Skarsgård under the hood." Like I actually, nice. I actually, it was probably a couple minutes before, mm-hmm. so it's not like I was thinking it the whole time. Yeah. But like you said, they laid it on pretty thick, and I was like. Yeah. Oh, shit, okay. And I, that was really cool. Yeah, I, I loved, it. loved it. Loved it so much. Yeah. Um, mostly, like, I loved it because it is enhancing and expanding this overarching history of Castle Rock. Mm-hmm. Like, this is an anthology show where each season is new cast and everything and new stories, but it is all still wrapped up in the mythology that it's building. Right. And that's this episode is also bittersweet because we're not going to get a season three. And I would just love for them to just just build it out and fill it out and do just go to and go to crazy lengths um, throughout like multiple seasons. But yeah, this was just so rewarding and so satisfying to me uh, in and of itself. Um, the first time I saw it, I think that I did get that inclination, especially when he saw the cage, (laughs) like they brought him down to the cage and everything. Right. Um, it makes me wonder where, uh, Henry Deaver is. Right. Right. Um, if they'll bring him back or anything. Yeah. But yeah, just that reveal at the end coupled with the, uh, um, parade, um, and the kind of final goal of the of the zombies and everything or the the uh, satanists to kind of overtake the towns right was just so cool like such a cool ending to an episode well and did you i don't know if this is an obvious thing or not but did you consider or think at all about like the fact that the kid was this angel quote unquote Mm -hmm. uh do you think that definitively means that the alternate Henry Deaver from season one was, was a de- was the devil the whole time. Like, I, I think so that, yeah. So it pretty much confirms that in my book. Yeah, I think, I think so too. Yeah. Which it made it pretty clear. I think it left on a note of, uh, anonym or ambig- ambiguity last season, mm-hmm. but there was that scene last season where, uh, Henry and the kid are fighting or they're, uh, there's like an altercation in the woods when they're going toward the schisma or schism or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's a moment where the kid, like tra- his face transforms into a demon real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, God, that season was so cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. but so there's, there is that. So I think it was, it was pretty clear that that was probably the case, even though they left it ambiguous, but, right. um, 
but yeah, uh, I think this definitively proves that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, probably. Um, I just thought it was, I, I was, I was curious if you or anyone else has another mm. take on it. Nope. I've got nothing. Yeah. Cause that's um, what I was, I was thinking the same thing. I think it pretty much confirms that he, that the kid in season one is what Henry D versus suspects him of being. And, right. and also, um, the warden, warden Lacey also yeah. suspected him of, of being, which, sucks because i was uh, i don't know if uh, listeners will remember back to our recordings about mm-hmm. those episodes but i was i had a much more um optimistic view mm-hmm. of of the ambiguity of season one okay uh that matt main thread about whether or not you know bill skarsgård's version of henry deaver was actually the devil or not mm-hmm. uh and i by the end i was like oh no i really think he's just from another universe or an alternate universe and mm-hmm. i think he's innocent and i think he really is just another version of uh henry deaver and like i was very i guess at this point it's naive right <laughs> naive about it um so yeah thankfully uh the real actual henry deaver didn't believe him and kept him caged up uh at, I agree. At least until um, now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so well, that's the thing. So we don't know necessarily. He He's not, we don't, because Henry has him in a different location in the prison, I think. Oh, really? As a, I think. I thought he just put him back in the same cage. I, maybe he did. I'm, I'm trying to remember because I feel like he goes, I feel like he goes to a different part of the prison. Um, and maybe the scene in this season with pop in uh, at the cage is just the original one but i also think Mm -hmm. it might be the same one i don't know but um regardless in these two episodes we don't see the kid so right we it's up in the air of where he is yeah Um, yeah yeah Hmm. um yeah so what did you think of the like that kind of ending scene with uh the town kind of overcome with it like what did you think because I like it left on a note that to me I was floored by it because it was like okay Pop Merrill's like the one that's going to like bring together everyone to to fight this evil and everything right and like we'll talk more about that in the next episode in the next review mm-hmm. but it's just it feels so much like this show is setting us up for one of the things that I said I wanted after season one was that we're going to get a cotet. We're going to get a group of people. Uh, yeah. We're going to band together to, to fight this evil. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did you make of that? How did you feel uh, at the end of this episode? Um, just, I was just kind of reeling from the episode in general, but, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, that was really cool. And I think it's kind of, I don't know if I want to use the word fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, it's sort of a weird word to use in relation to this show, but right. um, just a cool turn of events, how, pop happened to be looking away when the the statue was revealed and the trance sort of began. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was just kind of a a cool trick and, and, uh, fortunate turn of events, I guess for, for the show. But, um, yeah, just a, such a cool scene. And like, I love how they just continue to march and they basically like the parade of, yeah, it was really cool. And like, it's, it was used in the next episode too, but, Mm -hmm. um, they, it it was, it was CGI, like showing kind of, uh, bird's eye view of Mm -hmm. of the parade marching through, um, Jerusalem's lot and, uh, with the statue, taking it to the Marston house, Mm -hmm. um, was all just super eerie and cool and had a very like, had a really cool like um like vintage horror feel to it like um yeah like I, I almost like an invasion of the body snatchers type mm-hmm. feel J- just I don't know if uh, how to really encapsulate that but like just uh it just it just felt like some vintage like like universal like a like something you'd see out of like a, a Universal monsters movie yeah totally um you know the town folk with their pitchforks mm-hmm. and stuff like that um it just had a great feel to it. Very cool. And it, it was probably because it was kind of mixed in with the whole uh, colony backstory yeah. as well. I think Definitely. it being paired with that made it feel that way. Uh, kind of the Sa- the Salem witch trials feel mm-hmm. of it, which um, I was, uh, I had the page, the IMDb page for this episode pulled up and um, the app, the IMDb app will, it shows like pictures or like screenshots mm-hmm. from the episode. And uh, it just showed the uh, screenshot of, uh, when I was looking at it earlier, it showed the screenshot of um, 
when after Amity and Sebastian, is that his name? Um, the guy that is uh, her her lover, Ace. Essentially. Yeah. Um, I think that's Augustine. Aug- or Augusta, yeah, Augusta. Something like that. Yeah. After they come back, having been converted by the devil, and she like like takes over the colony, and then they have the like. I don't know what you call inverted crucifixion burning at the stake of the the leaders. Mm -hmm. I was like, holy shit. That was just cool cool as hell. Like burning at the stake would have been cool enough, but the fact that it was inverted just gave it this, Mm -hmm. like an inverted crucifixion and gave it this other, other energy, other dark energy. That was so cool, man. Just just the, the imagery of that Mm -hmm. scene was amazing. And the fact that she's like, smiling and like comforting yes. people while these people are being murdered in the background. So this cool. Awesome imagery in this, oh, yeah. in this episode. Yep. Yeah. And it was Augustine. Augustine. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know where I got Sebastian from. Yeah. I don't know. Um, A cool old sounding name. Yeah. <laughs> Sebastian was the name that I gave the cat that was on my balcony uh, several months ago. Ah, that was like, it was, it was so cute. Like he was just came up to the balcony and he was like Aww. looking at me and I went out there and I held him and I, you know, snuggled with them, and now we're all uh, now that the, now there's a global pandemic. Um, <laughs> I say, where is he now? So, I don't know. He's hopefully he's home because uh, I I had the impression that he was definitely a uh, a house cat. Uh, okay. Um, but like he was out on my balcony for like the whole night, Aww. and then the next day he was out there. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna give you some food and water and everything, and then like I went out there. I put like a blanket um out there and like he laid down and then i went down there and i sat down on the blanket and i held him and everything and it was so sweet um and then i left that blanket out there for several months (laughs) (laughs) um and then i brought it back inside and washed it like four times um yeah anyway Anyway. and now there's a global pandemic (laughs) so sidetrack yeah so overall how did you feel about the word where are you at in this in this season, how do you feel about it? Um, what what are your? How are you feeling about the season? Are you? Because last time you admitted you were fully on board. Yes. Um, and you said this is probably your favorite of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, leaving it, how did you feel about it? Like how did how did you? What's the word I'm looking for? Where did you land as far as what was going to happen? Like what did you think was going to happen in the episodes to come? Um, if you had any theories. Yeah. Um, I don't really have any theories. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of wish I did. Um, but I think to echo what you said, it would be cool to see kind of a, a team up fight the Mm -hmm. evil kind of, kind of content type thing led by pop Merrill would be fun. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd be into that. I keep using the word fun. Yeah. Um, I fall into these tropes. I don't know why I do that. But anyways, (laughs) um, I think that'd be cool to see, and I'm curious where Annie Wilkes is going to fall in all this. Like, I yeah. just because I mean, obviously she's very important, and they mm-hmm. want to use her as a vessel and all that stuff. But I just, especially the conflict between her and her daughter, like, yeah. like where's that? Is that going to get lost in this finale, or like right. with the wrap up of the season? Is that going to get lost? I, I really don't know. Or just her, her. The fact that she's on the run for killing people. <laughs> yeah. You know. I think that that's a possibility that it could get lost because one of the kind of, um, I guess, downsides of this episode, was it this episode or the next episode, where they kind of just, they kind of just brush aside the whole Rita thing. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. she's dead. It's cool. You know, whatever. I think, was it this episode? I think it was this episode. Yeah. Well, I think, so the way it worked out is she got killed Rita got killed, and then wait, Rita's the the, mo- the actual the mother. mother right? yeah. Okay, I forgot, I forgot her killed. name. And it was this episode because um, Annie was wanting to take the like she was like taking the fall for it and everything. Right. Um, well, during that, while she was arrested, that's when the whole town got hypnotized. So right, that's I think it, it did kind of get lost. It got dropped mm-hmm. in there because for that reason. Yeah. Which I'm okay with that. Yeah, me too. It's not really a complaint or anything. It's just right. it was interesting that we had like this big moment spread across two episodes <laughs> yeah um and then it's just like oh yeah she dead right um so but i mean they need to do economize the plot lines and everything right so right it makes sense I, th- I think overall i'm i'm kind of into this season a little bit better than season one okay just i think 
And I think it's more like my shortcomings as a viewer because mm-hmm. the first season was so much more complicated with the yeah. the schism and and still just kind of getting introduced to the mm-hmm. the series. Right. Um it was more complicated and a little less straightforward. And so I think this is just easier. This season's just a little bit easier to get into. Yeah. Um and so I I'll I'll chalk it up to that more than anything. Okay. But I'm definitely not shitting on season 1 at all. Like Nice. Just yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I kind of came out of this episode just really excited for the possibility of Pop Merrill forming a quartet of people that would go up against um, his demonic nephews. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I was very much looking forward to that. So we'll see what happens. But, Tiny, I guess that's our review of the word. And uh, shall we move on to episode eight? Yes. All right. So episode eight is titled Dirty. Uh, it aired November 27th, 2019, and the plot summary is, Darkness has come to Castle Rock, and everyone else desperately tries to figure out what is happening, just as Ace gets ready for the final stages of his plan. Writers for this episode were Michael Olson and Corinne Van Vleit, and director was Craig William McNeil. <laughs> um, now, Tiny, as I did before, um, let's let's go ahead and get into a broad uh, our broad thoughts on this episode. And I want you to get us kicked off. And basically, Tiny, um, in in other words, I would... Would you please... Talk to me. God damn it. <laughs> oh, my God. At least you didn't insert my voice into a song I again. I know. <laughs> Against my will. I know. No, or unbeknownst to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just you wait. Um, <laughs> So, so tiny. How did you feel about Dirty? Um, I actually thought it was um, just an okay episode. Like I mm-hmm. feel, I feel like it was a bit of a placeholder, or a bit of a kind of a way to weave two other episodes together. Mm-hmm. Um, I did appreciate kind of the panic mode of Annie and how she's sort of like she's she's so sharp and like she knows that she's in a weird situation something is very off Mm -hmm. but she can't just like run and she has to kind of figure out what's going on before she can really proceed or like yeah get out of this situation she kind of has to know more about what's going on um and I like how that sort of led to the whole um, Augustine kind of thinking that maybe Joy is actually the better vessel. Yeah. Um, I thought that was interesting how that, that shift was, was kind of mm-hmm. cool. Um, but yeah, I feel like this was, this episode was only like 30 minutes long. Yeah. It was a pretty short which one. kind of weird. Like, yeah. I, I feel, I feel like this, this part of the story, they just didn't know what to do with. Mm-hmm. So they just kind of nipped it here, nipped it there, make it an episode. It's um, interesting. It does feel like a placeholder or it, they're putting putting pieces in place again, right? Um, right. Which is kind of weird because, like, at the end of the last episode, I mean, we had that big moment with Pop Merrill, and like, I was like, okay, this is when it starts. This is when the cathead starts. But it seems like okay, they're setting up. Like, okay, they're they have to also set up Nadia's position in in the grand scheme of things. They mm-hmm. need to set up Abdi. They need to set up Annie and everything. So I think that the next episode, the penultimate episode, <laughs> will be like the big cathead regrouping moment and everything right um but yeah so anyway uh, continue what else did you think um i mean not much other than that it's it's really the most of the episode is just annie and joy kind of getting settled in at the marston house and trying Mm -hmm. to kind of figure out what's going on yeah um but there's also a lot of like i think pop trying to get his group together or kind of kind of like how you're saying Mm -hmm. um I'm, i'm sort of trying to think about because it's just such a strange episode. Um, yeah. Is this the one where Nadia has Chris at the hospital? That's this episode, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was intense. That was intense, and it also... I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd say it bothered me. Should we go ahead and talk about that whole section? Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. so that kind of bothered me a little bit because it kind of changes the game a little bit. It's... My so the impact of episode four, the end where like they kill all the people and everything, and mm-hmm. and they're the start the start of the plan, um and everything like, I mean Chris is mur like he is dead dead right like he is he is murdered, mm-hmm. and so one of the things in the back of my mind was that like okay well these are these vessels of these people like they're they're not like 
they're not possessed or anything. They're re they're reanimated with the spirits of these of these like uh, Satanists and everything, right? Which is cool and everything, but seeing Chris come back just kind of made me think, like, okay, well, what does that mean for the grand scheme of things? Like, right. is dead not dead? Because he yeah. was dead. Yeah, for real. He was dead, dead. Right. He was red, dead, and there was some <laughs> redemption. I don't know. Oh God. Um. But no. How did you? Did you that? I I agree with you, and that that threw me off too. I was like, "Oh, he's here now." Okay. Um. I think it's almost like we needed a scene explaining that, like, they begin the transformation process before the person's actually dead. Yeah. Which th- that's not part of the show. That's not right. Can canon, if you will. Yeah. They never have that scene, but I don't mm-hmm. know if that's something we're supposed to assume, or if we're supposed to assume that he's coming back. I. But Coming also, back from the dead? I don't know. Yeah. But also, he was dead. Yeah, he was... Yeah. yeah. But then again, I mean, there's precedence for this in Stephen King. Right. Pet Cemetery. And, right. Um, other stuff. It's tricky. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's tricky, and I, I didn't love it, frankly. I think... Yeah. I, I did enjoy seeing uh, Nadia and Chris together again. I think that's an interesting dynamic. Yeah, me too. Uh, that they're almost like step-siblings. <laughs> right. Uh, but they love each other and all that. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of uh, the there. There was a, like a live episode of of a comedy podcast I listened to, and um, the, it was it was comedy bang bang, and like Lauren Lapkus played the character of Todd, who is like the kind of the uh, middle school aged stepson of or, or nephew of Scott Ackerman as like the straight man character in, in the kind of improv thing that they do. So it's a long running thing. And like the kind of bit is that, uh, Todd is very curious about sex and everything. And like, there was a moment in that where he was like, and this is a tangent and I'm sorry, but it's hilarious. <laughs> um, where Lauren Lapkus as Todd says, like asks Scott, like, well, uh, can you tell me about like sex and everything? Like what, like what is, it? I don't know anything. And then, <laughs> and then Scott Ackerman says, well, when, a, when, when a man and his stepsister love each other very much, <laughs> um, oh because of that whole, th- I uh, think it's a reference to porn. I don't know. Um, you think, but yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> porncast. Oh, um, <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so let's get back to this. We're on the yeah. casting couch. I do. Um, <laughs> God. I so like I do like that dynamic of those two, mm-hmm. and I appreciated seeing that again but again it like like you said it was just sort of out of left field and yeah unexplained kind of out of place yeah but even even before that i will say that i did like you said i did like that dynamic i did i really liked the surprise like the the shock of him trying to strangle her and everything like her like that was a good a well done scene of suspense and and choreography and everything as well yeah um it was really good it was um like, cause I, I just put myself in Nadia's, uh, state of mind. Like, like she doesn't know what's going on. Like, right. I just can't imagine what she would, what would be going th- through her mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought she killed him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, she rolls him on in the gurney and everything. Right. Um, the scenes in the hospital were very eerie. Yeah. Um, cause it was very empty and everything. Right. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like there's not a ton to cover in this episode. I I don't either. Um, but we yeah. do need to talk about Annie's violence. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, her going through the house and like she takes like that. Um, oh, uh, was it a sledgehammer? Yeah, it was like a God, such a dork. I was like, <laughs> I so I was watching this like mm. by myself, okay, uh, on my phone mm-hmm. on my lunch break in my car. Or my office, as I like to call it. Mm-hmm. And this is just, I'm just such a dork. Like, uh, she picked up the hammer and like, I was like, sitting there in my car by myself. I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, three pounder. Nice. Cause she picked up like a three or four pound sledge. It is Jesus technically Christ. a sledgehammer, but oh my God. It was, it was just mm-hmm. so, like, if I was watching this with my wife, she'd been like, you dork, shut up. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, she picked up that hammer, but I, I had that thought. I was like, oh shit, what's she going to do? Yeah. Um, um also yeah. I would say, I don't think that that reaction would be exclusive to just your wife. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone, right. I'm yeah. it's on the internet now. Yeah. So. Um I love that. I love the the imagery of it because I I believe it's the same thing she uses in, in misery in, in uh-huh. the movie. Yeah. Um so that's a nice like uh uh 
callback, I guess? It's kind of a homage. Homage, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Um, because she, she uses a full-on, like, sledgehammer in that movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But when she just bashes that guy's head in... Yes. Oh! It's pretty awesome. Oh, tiny. That was that was something. Fun stuff. Yeah. Oh, and she was having visions of her mother um, that I thought was interesting. She was, like, her mother was trying to get her to kill Joy. Uh, right. Um, right. So that's interesting. I thought that that was, um, I, I'm curious how that would play out. Right. The way her psychosis is kind of manifesting itself. And she's yeah. not, she's not on her medication. Yep. Stuff like that. Um, yeah. very cool stuff. Yeah. The, and I, I was very nervous that she was going to kill Joy. <laughs> yeah. Um, in this episode. Um, right. Yeah. So I do it all the time or back to my weird quirk of mm-hmm. looking at nerdy shit like that. Like I'll, uh, I have this problem where I look at, I, I try to look out for fire alarm stuff. Okay. In movies. <laughs> and Paige and I were watching, damn it, I wish I could remember what we were watching, but we were watching something. It may have been The Politician. Hmm. But, so the company I work for, I'll just say it, I work for Johnson Controls. Okay. And I used to be work for a company called Simplex Grinnell. Mm-hmm. And Simplex started out as a as a time time recorder company. So back in the day, all the clocks at businesses and schools needed to be on the same time. So they made these machines or these uh, computers, essentially, mm-hmm. that kept every clock on the same time in a school. So the bell would ring at the same time every day and it would go, you know. And so wow. we were... <laughs> I don't. I don't work on that stuff. My company doesn't make that stuff anymore. Right. It's all on computers now. I. I would say. I, I, if you don't mind me saying, I would say that that is pretty complex. <laughs> complex. Yeah. Not simple. Yeah. Clever. Um, Thank you. <laughs> so we were watching something the other day, and it was. I think it was the politician because it was at a school. Okay. And so that's where our that technology, the time recorder stuff, was very prominent. It was in schools. Mm-hmm. And, Paige, we were watching it, and Paige like paused it. And, uh, and there was, I was like, oh, what's that bell in the background? I was like, oh, it's a simplex bell. And like, I got so excited and she was like, she was like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, (laughs) no, I was like, and I explained all this to her and she was like, oh, okay, but still calm down. Oh, I'm such like, I'm such a dork with it now. Like that's something. Yeah. Wow. I know. It's stupid. Yeah. It's stupid. School bell podcast? I'm not, thank God. I'm not the only one though. Cause on, uh, one of the Facebook groups that I'm, a, that I'm a, uh, a member of, they will, they will post screenshots from movies like, Oh, look, there's a simplex pull station in this scene. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So it's not just me. I'm not the only one. Wow. Wow. For the record. I am not a member of any life insurance um, <laughs> members or Facebook groups or anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know. Yep. So anyway. So yeah. So the violence was cool. Um, and we get kind of the ending of the episode is them emerging from the Marston house. Mm-hmm. And just seeing the sea of people that are hypnotized by the statue. Right. Very cool visuals. And then they get kind of lost, they get separated, and then Joy is kind of overcome by the the statue. Right. And uh, that's how we end the episode. Bit of a cliffhanger ending. A little bit. Also, we sort of skipped over the whole thing where there were all the dead bodies in the basement. Oh, yes. Of the Marston house. I wonder, what's what's that about? What's this about? What's going on? That's a good question. Yeah. (laughs) I have no idea. I I wonder if there's something going on there. Hmm. Interesting. Because they can't, like, I think it's been established that they they can't just like reanimate anybody they want. Right. Like, I think they actually said that there's thirty eight. There were thirty eight spirits. That sounds right. Um, and like Amity is the thirty eighth or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I don't know why they're holding on to all those bodies. They're just oh, keeping them hidden away because they don't right. want anybody to find them. But it was huh. it was cool. <laughs> yeah, though it, it was cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's it for dirty um we have two episodes left tiny yes next time on the podcast we're going to be talking about caveat mtor and clean mm-hmm. the final two episodes of castle rock season two tiny what predictions do you have if any for the rest of the season oh man i don't know like i really want to see just as a fan and like as a viewer i really want to see amity come back like mm-hmm. i hope we don't miss out on that yeah um and i kind of wonder like what that means like for 
the angel or mm-hmm. the devil? Like, does that mean that some prophecy is fulfilled and he gets to come back and take over Castle Rock? Or, like, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Like, I, I'm very curious as to where that's going to go. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of I kind of hope we're not done with the kid. Me too. Or, like, you know, if he comes back in these last two episodes. Um, but it'd also be cool if it was just that one episode with those, like, couple scenes, mm-hmm. or really, really the one scene with Bill Skarsgård. Like, that would also be cool if they just left it contained yeah. to that one scene. Like, I could go either way on it. I, um, I really hope we get something with him. Yeah. Because um, I feel like that's a carrot that they're dangling... That they're dangling pretty hard after yeah. the after the end of episode seven, mm-hmm. and also knowing that this is presumably the only the last season of Castle Rock, I would love for there to be some kind of definitive ending for that kind of story. Right, and my hope is that they somewhat wrap it up in a in a, in a pretty bow, but yeah. I don't anticipate that. But um, mm-hmm. I would be interested. I'm I'm interested to see how it ends. Me too. Yeah. Seven months after it aired. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that'll about do it for this episode of Tower Junkies. Any parting yeah. thoughts or anything else we haven't covered or anything? Nope. All right, cool. Well, next time on the podcast, like I said, we're going to talk about um, the last two episodes of, of Castle Rock Season 2. After that, I'm not sure exactly what we're going to do. Um, it would be kind of cool to do Misery, but I don't know how... That would be cool. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, I don't have... I have the... Uh, for Audible, I have the one credit a month oh, thing, yes. and that doesn't come up till like, the middle of the month. Ah, So okay. I'm not going to have another credit until... Uh, I could gift it to you with my credits. Okay. If you want. Let me go see how much it costs. Okay. Because I could just buy it outright if it's right, not right, that right. expensive. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'd love to do it because, again, that's one of the books that I read 20 years ago yeah. and haven't, haven't revisited since. Right. So. And you've seen the movie, obviously, right? Seen the movie, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go ahead and buy it. Okay. Um, I'll probably wait till tomorrow until I get paid. But, gotcha. Uh, but, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and buy it. Okay, cool. All right, well, yeah, that's what we're doing next um, on the podcast. Um, but Tiny... Until then... (laughs) (laughs) It's a... Talk Dirty to Me by Poison. Ah, We'll be at the drive-in. Anyway... um, (laughs) Uh, that'll do it. Thank you guys so much for listening and, uh, check out patreon.com slash obsessive viewer for more just ridiculous stuff. And, uh, yeah, with that said, long days and pleasant nights. And may you have twice the number. <laughs> I was so excited about that ridiculous, <laughs> stupid bullshit. I know you were. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I was thinking about it, uh, the other day and like, I, like I got so excited. And now, here's a short clip from our Patreon-exclusive RSS feed. To hear the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, go to patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month. Thank you and enjoy. Yeah, oh, going back to the Twilight Zone, what I thought of today when I was watching it was that, like, as weird and kind of out there as the Twilight Zone is, and how it can be kind of daunting in terms of just, like, reflecting society and everything. Mm-hmm. Seeing it now, like, in the context of the world we live in right now, um, this second season is a nice um, escape, as it were. Because what's interesting is that this season, the kind of tagline of it is escape. And mm-hmm. a lot of the episodes kind of revolve around characters who are looking for an escape from their lives or escape into the twilight zone and stuff or into or out of the twilight zone. And, uh, it's an interesting kind of through line for it. Um, but it's interesting cause like, this is like my escape from the world. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I am so ecstatic to just spend tomorrow just watching the twilight zone all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and dissecting it onto a microphone, into a microphone by myself. <laughs> so it should be fun. Yeah. Tower junkies is edited and produced by Matt hurt and presented by obsessive 
For a full archive of our episodes, go to towerjunkiespod.com slash archive. You can also like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash towerjunkiespod and follow us on Twitter at towerjunkiespod. If you enjoy the show, please take a couple minutes to leave us a rating and a quick review on Apple Podcasts. This is the easiest way to support what we do, and all it costs is just a little bit of your time. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a PayPal donation at towerjunkiespod.com slash donate, or support us on Patreon for recurring donations and access to commentary tracks and B-roll audio recorded exclusively for patrons at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more, visit our Public store. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or you can simply search for Obsessive Viewer at tpublic.com. For information about our annual live event showcasing short horror films from local filmmakers, check out shocktoberinirvington.com. And for an archive of all our events, as well as news about potential future events, head over to obsessiveviewer.com slash live. For more podcast content, you can find our flagship movie and TV review and discussion show, The Obsessive Viewer Podcast, at obsessiveviewer.com and on Twitter at obsessiveviewer. You can also find Anthology, Matt's solo podcast covering The Twilight Zone, and other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows at anthologypod.com and OVAnthologyPod on Twitter. And finally, check out The Secular Perspective, Tiny's side project podcast which tackles current events and life's big questions from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda at thesecularperspective.com. Music for the podcast is provided with permission from Fingers T on YouTube. Additional bumper music is provided courtesy of As Good As It Gets, which can be found at facebook.com slash asgoodasitgetsband. Thank you so much for listening. Long days and pleasant nights. Kitty!